To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is a portion of the gospel for today on the sixth Sunday after Epiphany. You heard it read before from Matthew chapter 5. I recall just these words. You have heard it said to your ancestors, never murder. Whoever murders will answer for it in court. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered all of the anger of his heavenly Father for you and for me, my beloved. The gospel reading for this morning actually um, concerns itself with three of God's Ten Commandments. First section of the reading, verses 21 and 26, are concerned about the Fifth Commandment. Verses 27 to 32 are concerned about uh, the Sixth Commandment. And the last verses of the reading for the gospel this morning concerns itself with the Second Commandment. Too much to preach on in just uh, 15 or 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. So I'm uh, looking at uh, just one section of it, and that is the fifth commandment. Now, I'm sure when you hear the fifth commandment, some of you can remember back to your days in catechism, confirmation class, you shall not murder. And maybe you can even recite Luther's explanation We should fear and love God that we do not hurt nor harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Now this morning, we're not going to be satisfied with just taking a surface look at the fifth commandment. Rather, what we're going to do is by the magnifying glass of God's holy word, probe into some of the depths of this commandment. And I will have to say that as we do so, it's not going to make any of us feel very comfortable. Just a warning. Because as we take a closer look into the fifth commandment, it reveals to us that we stand condemned every day before our God for all of the things that we do. And we should stand condemned before our God for all of the things that we don't do. Now, the words before us, this uh, fifth uh, commandment that uh, Jesus is speaking uh, is part of his Sermon on the Mount that he spoke to his disciples. He's not talking to unbelievers, just to his disciples. And so these words are for us today, also in 2017. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, never murder. Whoever murders will answer for it in court. And so what is murder? Well, very basically, murder, as I just told the kids, is taking a human life. Murder is when somebody straps on uh, grenades or whatever it is to his body and walks into a restaurant and it blows up and he kills 26 people. Murder is splashing gasoline on innocent people in a supermarket and lighting a match. Murder is beating up an 85-year-old man until he's dead. 
Murder is the emaciated and scorched bodies of six million Jews strewn all over Germany. Murder is the destruction of a human fetus by suction or saline solution. Murder is death by stabbing, slashing, shooting. And I will stop for a a, a while in my description so that I don't turn your stomachs completely over. But I have not enumerated all those atrocities just to be sensational. I recited all of those heinous crimes to drive home exactly the point that Jesus gives us this morning. Because you see, in all of those murderous acts that I just described, we can say in our subconscious, abortion, not guilty. Stabbing, me, not guilty. Shooting, me, not guilty. Six million Jews, me, not guilty. It's kind of interesting, though, how Jesus said, in the verse just before our text for this morning, I can guarantee that unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, it's very true. You didn't have any hand in the murder of six million Jews or millions of abortions. But by using the magnifying glass of God's word, looking more closely at the fifth commandment, Jesus wants all of us to recognize that we are guilty of murder. Murder in the first degree. Because God holds us responsible not just for the deeds of our hands, but also the words of our mouth, the thoughts of our minds, and the innermost recesses of our hearts. Now, the religion that was taught and thought by these scribes and these Pharisees of Jesus' day was that if a person looked real pious on the outside, that's all that mattered. And so with that type of philosophy, the Pharisees and the scribes became sort of, you might say, religious show-offs. They went around doing good little deeds because they wanted to be seen by everybody. And for any of the minor evil deeds that they might have uh, displayed in public, they had a prescribed punishment for them all. And so Jesus wants to reveal to us that we are not only responsible for the external things that we do in our lives, but also the internal things of our heart. Because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. To probe the issue a little bit more deeply, listen to Jesus again. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, never murder, whoever murders will answer for it in court, But I can guarantee that whoever is angry with another believer will answer for it in court. Whoever calls another believer an insulting name will answer for it in the highest court. Whoever calls another believer a fool will answer for it in hellfire. Now, it was very true throughout Holy Scripture. God forbids the taking of a human life. It's murder. But with these words before us this morning, Jesus also labels anger or words of anger as serious as murder. Jesus said, if you want to attach a uh, punishment for a crime like the Pharisees did, then anger should be punishable in court. And if you call anybody else an insulting name, that should be punishable in the Supreme Court. 
And if you ever call another fellow believer stupid, you're guilty of hellfire. But isn't it true that all of us are so very prone to the self-righteousness of the Pharisees? But what is our plea? Anger? Me? Guilty. Hatred? Me? Guilty. Words spoken anger? Me? Guilty. Oh, isn't it true in everyday life? It wasn't too long ago I was standing in line at Pick and Save trying to check out in the 15 items or less co- uh, you know, counter. And before, us there, uh, before the line there was a husband and wife and they had maybe twice or three times as many items. And everybody was waiting and everybody was waiting and then two of their items didn't have a price and they had to have a price check. And everybody was bristling and everybody was bristling and they say, oh, come on, oh, they're so stupid. They're making everybody wait. Well, you see, that's, that's murder. Guilty as charged. Who of us can plead not guilty to anger or words of anger or hatred? I mean, uh, what is there, uh, a program, An- Anger Management? There's books all around talking about anger management. Even the, the world, apart from God's word, recognize that, recognizes that anger cannot be eliminated from our lives. It has to be controlled. We've all heard stories before of husbands or why, uh, 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 a wife who has been raped or a child who has been kidnapped and killed. And the husband or the parents of those kids say, if I ever get my hands on that person, I'm going to kill him. And as justified as it may seem, in Jesus' words, he says, well, that, that's hatred is murder. Did you ever think about it? Right in our own homes, there are murderers walking around. A harsh word spoken because supper isn't done right now. An angry word at mom or dad because they wouldn't let me use the car when I wanted it. Children fighting and yelling and screaming over toys or a game, calling each other stupid. Unchecked words of anger between husbands and wives. We all stand condemned before our God with the sin of murder. Jesus said, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And no murder has eternal life abiding in him. And so what's the answer? If all of us are guilty of firing the bullets of harsh words in our own families and slashing out with the switchblades of angry looks, there's only one answer that I know. Just as I am without one plea but that Jesus shed his blood for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. You see, the words of Jesus this morning are intended to drive us to our knees in repentance And then further to drive us 
to the feet of our Savior so that again and again we can be bathed in the sweet rays of mercy and forgiveness. He died for you. In your original sin, you hated God. But Jesus says, I lived and I died for you, not guilty. Now to delve even further into the fifth commandment, Jesus directs us today to look at the opposite side of the coin. Because too many times we feel that, oh, you know, if we recognize a sin and we flee from it and we don't get involved with it, why, then we're okay and we're righteous. But whenever God forbids a sin, he also commands us to do something too. In other words, God's commandments not only tell us what not to do, but also what to do. And many times we are guilty of omitting what God tells us to do. A closer look at the fifth commandment tells us that we stand condemned for what we don't do every day. Again, in the words of Jesus. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember there that another believer has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. First go away and make peace with that person, then come back and offer your gift. Make peace quickly with your opponent while you are on the way to court with him. Otherwise, he will hand you over to the judge, then the judge will hand you over to an officer who will throw you in the prison. I can guarantee this truth. You will never get out until you have paid the last penny. First of all, Jesus pictures for us a man going to the temple, taking his sacrifice and giving it to the priest to be offered as a sacrifice. And as he's going, he remembers that uh, there was some friend or some relative who might still be provoked for something with something that that man did or did not do. Jesus says, if that's the case, that you recognize you wronged somebody, then leave your, your gift right there and go and make peace with that person, then come and offer your sacrifice. Or to bring it into a modern-day setting, Jesus would say, when you're getting ready, you know, to bring your offering uh, and put it into the offering plate. If you can think of anybody that you angered or you provoked, um, don't give your offerings. First go out and, and make peace with that person. And I'm glad it's not a mandate for us today in 2017 because otherwise the whole church might clear out and we'd have to finish the service off uh, with a vacant church. What Jesus is emphasizing is that we need to be following in our Savior's footsteps and seeking and asking forgiveness from our friends and relatives for our faults and our provocations. Drop everything and make peace and have harmony with that, that person once again. Did you ever go to sleep at night, though, husbands and wives? with anger still in your hearts, brewing because of unsettled differences? Did brother or sister, aunt or uncle ever leave a family party without saying goodbye because there was anger in their heart? And I always thought, you know, how terrible it would be if that anger is, is brewing. And what happens if your loved one or your friend then dies in a car accident or some other way and you never had a chance to say you were sorry? 
Jesus says, drop everything. Be reconciled now. And Jesus says that we should do the very same also with our enemies. Another illustration. He says, if somebody is rightfully taking you to court, that would make that person, you might say, your enemy, make every attempt to settle out of court. If you don't, Jesus says, you might receive the severe punishment. In other words, make every attempt and do it now to seek forgiveness even from your enemies. Jesus once said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Now, after hearing all of this stuff, maybe you're saying to yourself, but I just can't do it. I know I should, but I just can't. Those enemies of mine don't deserve any attempt on my part And even when I try, nothing comes from it. It's useless. I just can't. But that's no excuse. And that's why we all stand condemned for what we don't do every day. But you know what? Even though we don't or can't seek forgiveness, even though we don't drop everything to ask for forgiveness, from our friends and our enemies, Jesus did. For those who bruised him and cut him and beat him and punctured his hands and feet with spikes, Jesus said, Father, please forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And for us, the ones who lost God's image way back at the fall into sin and who daily consciously and unconsciously Commit the atrocity and acts of murder, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Father, you have to forgive them. Father, be angry with me, but not with them because I died for them. And because of that life and death of our Savior, finally, we come to recognize that our righteousness is and succeeds that of the Pharisees because our righteousness is just not a matter of our external deeds, but the internal cleansing of our heart through the blood of Jesus Christ. As this morning we took a closer look at the fifth commandment through the magnifying glass of Jesus' words, The words perhaps sting in our ears. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Guilty of murder. But as we look even more closely into God's word of his grace and his mercy, and as we stare up at the cross, we hear the message forgiven, not guilty. By the blood of Jesus Christ, not guilty. Isn't it amazing that even in our inability to forgive others, God even forgives that inability? Thanks be to God for that. And knowing this, and knowing that very soon now, we will see our Savior face to face, knowing that. Let's drop everything and run out and live for him. And God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. 